Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the On The Box podcast, a television show podcast on the Anfield Index podcast channel. And it feels like I've been gone for so, so long on this show after the summer was so hot with so many On The Box podcasts. Yes, AI Pro taking over my life, but I am back with possibly the biggest show on television right now, Stranger Things Season 2. And as usual, I'll have my Stranger Things 2 team with me. It's Joey Connors. How are you doing, Joey? Good afternoon slash evening, Gags. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. In good spirits. A bit tired after collecting 200-odd pressing stats. But, uh, yeah, we'll be, <laughs> it'll be fine once we start <laughs> talking about Stranger Things. And also, we have our other Stranger Things expert. It's Mr. Kalen Curry. How are you doing, Kalen? Hey, hey, how's it, guys? You all right? Very good, man. Very good. So... Before we do go into initial thoughts, I just want to talk. No spoilers. There's there's all spoilers, sorry. All spoilers. <laughs> there's, there's not going to be none of this bullshit about no spoilers. That's, because... Gags, that's, that's the bit from, what movie was it? Monsters, Monsters, Inc.? Yeah. When they were talking to the abominable snowman. It's yeah. like, there's a rule for this. Um, always, no, never go out in a blizzard. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. We're spoiling the whole thing because I have a feeling you've all watched this show because the demand expressions, we've talked about them before um, from Power Analytics were something like bloody 69 million or something crazy like that. I mean, oh my goodness. they uh, 69.9 million demand expressions for the week after this came out. Now, that is tweets, that's the whole social media and listeners. Remember, Netflix never gives its numbers out in terms of who's listening, uh, who's watching, whatever. Uh, Nielsen ratings in America, I think that's right, Uh, Joey, Nielsen do the ratings? Yeah, there's a few, but Nielsen's a big one. Yeah, so they said that Stranger Things was averaging around 15.5 million views uh, basically, basically per episode, in the first episode at least anyway, which rivals... Um, Walking Dead, but Netflix came out and said, um, nah, that's just a fraction of what 
was watched on the show. So, uh, you can see this will be watched by 30 million, maybe more people, this show. It's it's absolutely humongous. It blows every television show. I think Netflix shows maybe do, at the moment, do that anyway. But uh, I just wanted to put across the size of this little franchise that Netflix and and the Duffer, Duffer, Duffer Brothers, is it? Started. Yes. Un-fucking-believable. So, going off of the size of this show and how amazing the reception is, uh, Joey, what were your thoughts of Season 2 in comparison to Season 1? I mean, did it change anything? Did you still love it as much? Oh, I actually did. I, I actually like Season 2 better. Me which, too. Uh, I, you, it's hard for... I was I was thinking about it because I know we were going to talk about this, and I was going through series series that I've watched of other TV shows in my head, and I'm going, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head that I've liked a season two better than a season one. I just thought there was more more to, more depth through each character. Uh, we got to know obviously a lot more about Eleven, which we knew we would, but they really told us a lot about her. Uh, so yeah, no, I thought it was excellent. Yeah, the whole backstory with the mom and stuff. We'll come back to it. Everything, the whole thing, and um, her, her obviously going on her own adventures as well in this one, which was interesting. Um, a lot more to her, her character added. Kay, what were your thoughts? And obviously, uh, Joey said there's a lot more depth to the characters, but there was also a lot more CGI as well. So they they really beefed up this show in terms of everything, uh, giving you a bit more about the characters. But a lot more in terms of special effects as well. What were your thoughts on this 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 season? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I really, really like season two. It's very difficult to reflect because, like, as Joey's saying there, when you watch season or season one and you love it, then season two comes out and you don't have that immediate, you know, wonderful new novelty effect because you you are expecting some stuff. And I think what a lot of shows get wrong is they don't look back and say, "What did we do right in that show?" and and what of those things can we can we take forward into season two? And I thought like some of the stuff in season two was done uh, like much better. Like there was, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that I just liked a lot. There were a couple of parts where that I didn't like so much. Um, but like on the whole, I do, I do agree with Joey. It was just, it was just exciting. I just loved getting to spend more time with these kids, to be honest. Like I loved how the story progressed. I love spending time. I loved being in this place and, uh, and allowing this thing to progress and tag along. It was just, it was just really, really, really cool. Uh, so I like, I totally enjoyed it, absolutely. And yeah, I, I did feel the bigger budget. I did feel it, but not in a way of like, I didn't sit there and say like, whoa, you know, I, I can really feel they're putting more money into this. It was like, whoa, shit's getting real, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was, it was the production was much higher level. I mean, I, I don't want to really want to go into that stuff. I want to talk about the show, but did, did, did you guys, I remember the start of season one, sorry, the podcast in season one, we talked a lot about Dungeons and Dragons, right? Joey, this one, yeah. they focused a bit more on arcades at the start. So they moved away from it, but obviously Dun- Dungeon Dragons still has uh, a massive um, inspiration for the show because of like the villains and stuff. And we'll go on to the monsters and all that. But did you, did you play any of those games yourself when you were younger? Um, I actually did. And wow. I actually did like before I, it was weird. Cause I, I played sports my whole life and hmm. you usually don't put the two together. People get labeled and it's, and it's a shame. And it's like, Oh, the, the dorks are playing the games and the dungeons <laughs> and dragons. Why the jocks are the jocks. But I've always been, you guys know this about me. I've always been into comics. So yeah. since I was little and dungeons and dragons is actually the first board game I got as a kid. Now it took me 
a long time to figure out how to play it. And the, the reason be is because I don't know if you guys remember with the original D&D, there wasn't really instructions. You just kind of had to figure it out. And when I was little, when I got this, there was no, like you couldn't just go online. There was no online. So it was like, how do I play this? I had to find other people who played it. Figure and, it you know, yeah, when you're younger, that could be difficult because you tell somebody like D&D and they look at you like, really? They're like, nah, I don't like that. I was just kidding. Then you just go to the next person <laughs> until somebody likes it because you don't want to get made fun of. So, <laughs> what about the arcade games? Did you play those? Um, because oh yeah, Dragon's Lair. Apparently, I mean, I'd not ever seen that before, but it looked amazing. Yes, I will. I will give you guys a little hint. And if you're ever in the United States, Gax, you've you've never been to Philly, but if you're ever in either of you, are always welcome in my house. Yeah. But I have those arcade games in my basement. Both of them, Dig Dug as well. I have about seven of them. Not Dig Dug. I have Pac-Man. Yeah. I have Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Uh, now I can't remember. But yeah, I, I you could buy them. You can buy Galactica. them on like. Yeah, you could buy them on Amazon, and that's what I did, and they work fantastic. You don't have to put quarters in or anything. You just <laughs> there's a buttons inside the game that you open up, and when you open them up. There's like little buttons to restart it and start levels over. It's it's wow. I play with them. I used to play with them all the time, but um, you know I have uh, two little kids. Yeah, I'm taking all my time. But yeah, no, I oh yeah, I, that was a arcades were a huge thing of my childhood. I that was same here. Die to go there. Yeah, to go go to the mall and go to the arcade. Yeah, I used to like play more wrestling games though when I was a kid, Hulk Hogan and shit like that. Um, Kay, were any of these um were these available in South Africa? Any of these games? The the arcade games, yeah. D and D wasn't so much. I'm not sure. I don't think it was. I I know we were aware of it, and so my cousins and I we made up our own D and D. So you know we used to like make the maps and make the characters and their abilities, oh, wow. and then I used to be in charge of progression of the story. And the the great um the great advantage of that is you can change timelines whenever you want. So you could have one in you know modern times or in the future or you know back in the day or whatever. So yeah, we used to do that, and uh, yeah, arcades. Those were huge. We just spent a lot of time, a lot of time in the arcade. We weren't sort of in the street yeah, and stuff the, like that. But D and D still plays a huge role, I think, in yeah, in the second season because does. like the parties at one stage, there's an explicit reference to like, hey, we you know we are the D and D party. She's the mage, and I'm the I'm the yeah, of course. you know the yeah, yeah, berserker and whatnot that. like that. Uh, there was like it was brilliant. Uh, I, I thought that was interesting. You know that was. It was almost what like did she called herself. It in the end? Like... She called herself something. Um, the the, oh, I can't remember what she called herself. The one that's always, you know, the fast one Max, or something. Yeah, I can't remember, but it was yeah. interesting. It was really good, and she Zuma? found herself. Yeah, sure. something like that. Zoom. She got herself a role in the team. But we'll get to Max in a minute. But the reason why I ask is because um, I've been watching a few things and, and trying to do a bit of research. But Dig Dug, the arcade, was was used in this in this show because of um. Because of of how they were digging in the actual show, you know, when it was all under 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 the um, mm. what was it, the pumpkin the, patch? That's yeah. right, under the pumpkin patch. So they were. What I love about this show is that it's thought about so well. There's so many references that link in and link up. I mean, Ghostbusters, for example. No, there's mm. two Venkmans. What was the guy's name that they didn't want to be? Um, the fourth it's Ghostbuster the- character. Who's the black dude? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they don't want to be him, but, but nobody wanted to be him. Yeah, oh, nobody so wanted awkward. to be the black. Yeah, because he looked at because yeah, he, he, he came last. Like, what? Because I'm black? It's because, no, it's because he came last. He, he came left, last. Yeah. And he had the least role in Ghostbusters, so he was the least cool. But they gave Luke hit a massive line from Ghostbusters in it about an apocalypse or something, or something like that. But it was again linked up 
amazingly they gave him his line that character's major line from ghostbusters in 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 the show so everything was just like oh my god they think about it so much the music mm-hmm. um um mm. every breath you, you know the, what is it um every move you make every breath you all everything is thought about and moved and oh my god just the cleverness the intellectual level of the show people don't see it but it's fucking there it's really really cleverly made but um, there were anyway. so many 80s references i mean oh, in that man. regard i mean like yeah. you're saying the, the music and and uh, and ghostbusters they definitely went full goonies there was like i'm pretty sure they yeah, just he... took a shot from goonies at the end and just like stuck no, it on he and put different it, characters. He mentioned it. remember bob right uh, uh, bob being yeah the, that's right he's, yeah 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 says, bob where the does the x lead to uh, tr- buried treasure mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah, that's what they did they took all 80s to we got the brothers a, we got a prom yeah, there was a prom yeah, scene. Yeah, that was they yeah. spent a lot. There's a prom that. scene that was, and I'm pretty sure like you guys must help me out with this, but like Hopper's progression of weapons, it felt like a video game, but I I, I didn't play like you know it felt like he was upgrading like from a handgun to like a rifle to like a shotgun yeah. or something like that. I'm pretty sure that was a reference to something, but I didn't know to what. But I want to go straight into the monsters here because I think they they are a massive part of this season and some really cool parts of the season. Joey Thessal Hydra. Speak to me about this mind flayer is what they called it in the in the show? Yeah, they called it a I mean Thessal Hydra in in like um Dungeons and Dragons yeah. uh, lore is different than the Thessal Hydra of in like this, Greek right. lore. Yeah. So I mean at Thessal Hydra see again when we were kids they used to have do you guys remember the monster manuals? Did you guys have monster manuals where you were? No, no, not no. At all. So basically what, no what they would what do is. is you could it's so think of a magazine and they would have each of these monsters in it and they would explain them to you, which was really cool. Oh wow. Um so a comic yeah, of its own so, thing about monsters. Well more of a mag more of a magazine than right. a comic. Okay. You think more like uh, I don't know what do you guys call them magazines or what do you guys call yeah, them? Yeah, magazines as well, yeah. Magazines. magazines. Okay. I've heard fanzine before and I'm like, what the hell does that mean? So no, a fanzine's like, for example, uh, Liverpool FC, loads of articles in a little fanzine, you know, just about Liverpool, just about, a f- basically, you know, like our Anfield Index, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. A fan, so we would call that... Yeah, that's a fanzine. So a fan you. creating something, whereas a magazine would be press, like a, a, an actual ah, 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 an actual outlet, you know, that is creating content for the public with, with professional writers. Okay. So the Thessal Hydra is basically, it's a Hydra for the most part, which is dumb but it's it's it has like eight heads emerging from like a almost like a reptilian body um so they kind of used like a hybrid of it it wasn't just a thessal hydra it was more like a thessal gorgon um without getting too dorky and you you never actually seen because it was always behind those those like reddish clouds you only seen like the the limbs of it i don't think you ever saw the face of it but in it's a very powerful monster in Dungeons and Dragons lore. And like Kay said, you, with Dungeons and Dragons, you could switch the story and make up the story and kind of do with it what other characters as you want with it as you, as you went along the game. Cause Dungeons and Dragons wasn't a game that just you played in a day or two. You could literally play yearly with it with your friends anywhere and just keep switching the story. So that's kind of what the, of the lore of D and D, that's kind of what the Thessal Hydra was. Awesome. And Kay, you're, I mean, thank you for that, Jay. That was brilliant. What were, Kay, let's move on to the, the version in Stranger Things. And what did, what were your thoughts on that? I thought it was very cleverly done. And uh, the manipulation of Will was, was fantastic. It grew, Jeez, it grew it and grew, so didn't it, huge. throughout the season? 
It was yeah, no, exactly. And there was like a like episode one was this massive foreshadowing, and then it just got you know it got deeper and deeper, and we we got to see not not more of the monster as such, but the monster played a bigger and a bigger role in what it was. And I did love that it wasn't a type of manifestation in the normal way. You know, it it wasn't the demigorgon was really good for that. It, it's a really good monster to use for that physical, just uh, sort of. Um, it's almost like a dog, right? Really, it's just attacks and attacks and attacks. It's like a slasher, right? But this thing, the way they used it, the way that it was, you know, the, manipul- the manipulative nature of it, I thought it was so great how they they didn't actually manifest that it was like sort of just a part of wool. And this, you know, all the way through that into the even the second episode, I'm sitting there, I'm questioning, what the hell is actually going on? You know, I don't actually know the nature of this world and what it, and what's happening. Is wool seeing the future of this town? You know, is he a conduit between the future and the current? Is it is this a manifestation in Will's head? And he's, you know, manifesting the upside down. Is it coming through? When is it real for everybody? When is it not? You know, those types of questions just continually kept up because of the really, really good use of of, of what was going on and how it interacted with the real world. That little bit where, you know, there's that um, they capture um they capture Will's falling on the on Bob's camera, and then you have that moment of static. Um you know, where, where it outlines sort of the, the limbs of the Thessal Hydra. That's a reference. I've only ever seen that in, I think, the X-Files. But that was really cool as well. I think it was like a poltergeisty reference as well. So that was that was really cool. How they used it was not a normal way. It was a, like a, what can I say, like a more mature use of the monster, but just as terrifying. Like it affected everything just as badly. And everything was worse. That it could control all the demigorgons. God damn, that's next level. That's next level of like monster hunting. So it was Demi- the story Demi- of how Demi-dogs, it right? They called them Demodogs, yeah. Demodogs, Demi-dogs and, yeah. And, and I want to yeah. talk about them because, and I'll come back to you, Joey. I fucking loved them. I thought they were really cool. Oh my god! And I thought the evolution of it and the growth of it and the 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 love the the connection with Dustin and that scene, one scene which I love the most was the Gremlins. You know, yeah, the, the Gremlins the <laughs> when they even yeah. played only a little bit of music so they wouldn't get like killed for like <laughs> copyright stuff when it did, yeah, did, yeah, did, yeah. and then it stopped. And I just was like, oh my god, like for me, that's that that's one of my favorite movies, Gremlins, as a kid. I me loved too. it. And when they did that, I just thought, this is superb. And I think that's probably why maybe it's maybe like some a lot of people said they didn't like season two, but uh, uh, compared to season one, so really? not, not not like they wow. liked it, but not as much. But I don't think I've seen one person who said they hated it, just that they didn't like it as much. But I loved it more. I thought there was more to connect with. I thought there was more things they were doing that you thought, wow. And the Gremlins part was for me. I just thought um, amazing. And and I just want your thoughts on the demagogues. And there was obviously that massive scene in the junkyard, which was. And these are all CGI'd, remember, because the guys before, you know, the, the Demogorgon, that was a man in mm-hmm. a suit. It was. But yeah, this it was time, it's full CGI, so you can see how much the, the, the budget's gone up for this show. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought they did it perfectly. I thought it was done so well, and I, and I loved every minute of the use of uh, the Demodogs. What about your thoughts? Yeah, like, I think you hit on a Dustin's... When he finds it in his trash can, it's like a little little tiny pet, and then it starts eating things in the house, and it yeah. eats it, it kills the oh, cat. Oh no, that was fucked up. <laughs> it's it's funny though because like they remind. Me, I don't know if you guys watch Supernatural. I'm a huge Supernatural. I used fan. to watch it. I watched about four, four or five seasons. 
Oh, it's so good. They remind me, they kind of, it reminded me, they kind of, I don't think they blatantly took the idea, but there's demon dogs in that show, and it reminded me just like that. Except in the Supernatural, you can't see the demon dogs when they're coming at you. They're like invisible. But yeah, they were they were a worthy opponent. Yes, you know? I they remember were... that scene. Those scenes, they used to scare the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't see them, and they yeah. were shooting, and you're just like, yeah, where are they? But they're like, they. I think they called them hellhounds. Hounds. And, hellhounds. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it reminded me of. But yeah, I thought that was, again, the Kay alluded to it. The mind control of the of the of the baddie was just awesome, and how it mind controlled Will. Like that's that's next level stuff, you know. When you get to that, and we didn't know it. We had no idea it was going on until well, we didn't well, like, know that it was. We didn't know six that episodes was, going yeah, in. We didn't know that it would mind control the dogs either. And, and that's what it was doing. And it was doing it the whole time. Why, why even episode one was going on. And remember the pumpkins were turning green and they were dying. And yeah. that, that's what was happening. Yeah. I thought that was, it was brilliant. I, I didn't hear anybody say they didn't like season two. Um, no, no, no. Sorry. I, I, I rephrase heard. not as well. Not uh, didn't like it as much as season one. I haven't I even heard. Yeah. I haven't even heard that. I don't, I don't, maybe I don't talk to my friends a lot about shows, but I guess that's, like, maybe this that's on, more of a Twitter, of me. Just responses on Twitter when I thought it was amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of wow. people said that, but we'll get reaction back. Uh, so people, if you're listening, if you did, if you were one of those, just have a discussion with us on Twitter. We won't. Yeah. Bite. Tell me, we, tell me why. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't mind. Tell me why. Yeah, I didn't like wanna, it. Tell me why you didn't like it as one. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it just had more depth to it and any show with more depth to it is usually better. And I thought the story was better. And I know a pe- I, we're going to get to it, but a lot of people knocked episode seven, mm. but you need, you needed episode seven yeah. because you can't have more stranger things series without episode seven. No, you can't. No, you or can't. Or it just it's gets, re- we talked about this in our last pod. It just gets repetitive. And let's like, talk again, about, let's talk white about people staying in the same because, area. Joey, you're there right now. Right. And before we move on, yeah. let's cover it. Cause it's, it's no more better natural way of doing it than now. Uh, let's talk about eleven and 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 episode seven, uh, for as as the focal point really of her evolution because we we need to talk about her background as well. So let's talk about eleven and what you thought of of her journey in season two because obviously she she appears right at the end of episode one, I think, isn't mm-hmm. it when she's having dinner with Hopper and um, yeah, that's a whole nother mind f like you don't even they tell you she's living with him and <laughs> and he he's trying to be the good dad and and for a year he, she's I, been there for a year now, you know, or just and less than it's yeah, and it's so hard you know it's raising a kid as you know gags is okay, you pretty much know this too, um with your sister, so it's 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 so hard and he ha- he's just keeping her out of danger but, but it would and be it, but for her but for for Hopper this would be like with a special needs child because basically she's, she's uh-huh. not normal let's put it that way she's not you know she's got abilities and she hasn't had the learning yeah. of a, of a of a child that would grow up with their fair parents go to school and get oh, the gosh, usual no. yeah, life she no, hasn't very... had that. so it's you could see the strain on him as well towards the end of this season, but also also the strain of not having his actual daughter, around, of course. you know, like his actual yeah, daughter, and that, as well. and, and that that, that is alluded to, you know. And I yeah, thought it, how Hopper, you know, the guy who was acting as a, oh my god, you know, you look at Hopper, he was he's so struggling with this shit all the time. You just look at him, he was struggling. Fuck, he was observing such good boundaries with Eleven, like as a as a person who's more or less like a stranger taking care of somebody else. Like they had a very nice relationship. I I thought there were lots of really good things. Um, that were observed there and he, you know, you wouldn't cross certain boundaries and stuff like that, but still you could feel it wrestling inside him. Like he was so 
broken. But Kevin, you know, and he had gone yeah. through this whole brokenness, and now he's got her, but he's already gone through the brokenness. I, I thought it was but, so fucking good. But, okay, what the amazing part of the whole thing was that even though they had a happy time at the start, towards the end, it kind of ended up feeling like she was back in her cell when she was yeah, in, the, in, the, in the laboratory. So she started feeling like another experiment you know and even though he was doing the right thing in terms of trying to save her she was losing her mind so it was un- it was so well done i thought like- it was like yeah it was like being back in the lab and he's trying to do the right thing and the hilarious part about it is that at any moment she could kill him and leave there and she didn't mm. because she yeah. obviously has she feels for him you know she but she, she does feel like comfortable. a spoiled kid well, like all kids do. Yeah, and she did do attack you know him. What I mean? She's throwing stuff yeah, at him. And... <laughs> she did, but she. But remember, oh, your kids will attack never... you. Fuck, yeah. your kids will fucking attack you. Yeah. Like oh, your yes, normal will. kids will yes, fucking. They will. They'll come for you, bro. They'll attack you verbally or physically, and it might not hurt you, but it'll hurt you. Yeah. Yes, emotionally, that 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 kills you. But the best part about the whole episode seven, I mean, there's a lot of great parts, but. Do you, I don't know if you guys remember the song they played, which was just so perfect for the episode. Do you guys remember? No, I'll no. tell you, but I want to see if you can guess. No, I forgot. Okay, no, I forgot. They play Bon Jovi's "Runaway." Oh yeah, it's <laughs> so good. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, "Yes, this is perfect." She's in like a in Chicago at this point, searching for because the psychic visions bring her to be like, "Oh my gosh, I can see this person." Yeah. Well, and was it Callie? I think her name was. Mm. I, it's been a while since I yeah, watched it. She too. was double oh eight. Um, I can't believe that her her gift was amazing. The start of season oh, one, uh, season two, they actually open up with her, don't they? With eight and yeah. how she tr- do. fools the yeah. cop. What a great, like, tr- you know, what a great gift to have. So much energy that was, right? When you saw it, you're like, oh, fuck, it's eight. Oh, fuck, it's yeah. eight. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's why I don't understand why people hate it on that episode. Because, again, you need that episode to grow the show. Like, yeah. you could take yeah, the I show mean, anywhere now. In that respect, though, I mean, it did feel really shoehorned. Into the whole story, it, it like it really felt like everything See, was happening in all the other episodes know. and that, and it just no, felt, no. This I, one was. I think you're right, and that think... was away from everybody. And that, I mean, it, it definitely felt like it was. Shut it had to be pushed there. No, no. Shut and if you guys, it if you, it's, it's like it's across like a, a longer episode uh, train, basically. Let me tell you. See, something. I don't. I, I, think, I just don't look at it that way. Yeah, I'm, no, a, I'm a comic book reader because it's that's how comic books flow. It's the same way. It's it's like an X Men comic book. If you don't. And I'm not saying you guys don't know your comic books, whether you do or whether you don't, no, it's, no, it's irrelevant, don't. but it's just, that's exactly how a comic book would work. A twist and a turn, and you watch a TV show, it's but, not going to be but, perfect. But, yeah, I know, but Joey, what it is, is I think what it is, is it's not about hating something or disliking it. I think it's how yeah, you yeah. trained your your viewer. So sure. you, you've now got into, say, what, was it eight episodes season one? And then you've done six, so you've done 14 episodes of Stranger Things. And all of it is in Hawking's. Every single minute mm. is in Hawking's yeah. or the Upside Down. So there's only two places you really know, right? And then mm-hmm. as soon as you take it out of that for a whole 40, 50 And it's only minutes, one hours, self-contained episode, basically. One self-contained episode, which is basically, but you know, no, 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 no. I get no. what you're saying. I'm not saying but Lost, I'm not saying Lost did the same exact thing. And oh, you yeah, guys yeah. love Lost. I'm not but saying that's the same bad, thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying I'm looking at it from a I'm opening my mind and just looking at it from a from a viewer's sure. point of view, saying this is some viewers will be purely focused on it's always in Hawkins Bank and then as soon as something changes, what do people hate? Change. Yeah, I, yeah, you're yeah. right. They do. do you know but I mean, so, I mean But but then some of us will be like, Well, yes, think about the bigger picture and say, Of course I wanna go I wanna go into season three and four 
finding out who one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten are. You know what I mean? I want to know yeah. who those are because that's the story. Exactly. Right? Yeah. If we go into season three and they don't talk about Callie, aka 008, then you can look back on it and go, wow, that was a complete waste of time. I just don't think these guys who are brilliant writers would do that. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. People are afraid of change. I just, again, when you read comic books, things change like frame by frame, page by page. Comic yeah, but I, comic I do book. think it's different in a, in a sort of series format, though, Joe. It's it's like all the series is having all the all the all the episodes are interlinked and they're all flowing, and then yeah. one episode, one episode is and it's only one episode is done that it does feel jarring. It but is like, absolutely yeah, jarring. Though. I can see, but it is. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And that was the thing. The... I think that was you know people just felt like it was they were pulled by by their stomachs into this different place just for an episode and come back. When you look yeah, at it as a yes. whole. And not as an episodic thing. If you look at it as, as a whole and the bigger picture, I think everybody can uh, appreciate. Though I, I don't know if there are people that hate the episode to that degree. Um, I've heard, I hope I've heard a lot of people. Yeah, see, I, I've seen a lot of people couldn't stand it. But, guys, you said it perfectly. Like, didn't they start with Callie in the beginning, in the first episode? Exactly. So you wanted that's to see called, it really. That's what I'm trying to say. It's called, that, that's, anybody knows that's called foreshadowing. That's yep. what they were trying to do. Like, let, let's tell you, because that's what I'm trying to say. Like, you go into Stranger Things 2 and you go, okay, we're going to fight another monster. We know what's going on with Will. We know they're going to tell us about Eleven. And then you yeah. get left hooked and it's you go, like, whoa, who was like, that? It's not like um, they, they showed you nothing of this person and she just appeared in season episode 7. If you're binging it, you're watching that in 8 hours, you know, 9 exactly. hours. You would, 6 hours earlier, you would have seen this girl. Well, that was my point. Yeah, that's are why. You, if yeah, it was out of the are you telling me you've okay. forgotten it already? Come on, man. Yeah, no way. But, you know, it's, it's, it is what, it, I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying, Kay. I hear what you're saying, Gags, but I just feel that they did it really well. Like they, they, they gave you, they gave you a little taste and then you're like, hmm, who was that? You picked up on who it was. They had to have an episode of her, but, and I'm not, I'm not directing this at you guys. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, episode it. seven was terrible. And I'm like, I don't understand how you watch TV, but I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Everything, everybody's different. So yeah, I guess definitely. it doesn't matter. I, th- I think it was, it was vital in terms of the whole, the bigger picture. Whether I enjoyed it as much as the others, you know, that, that's, that's up for, that's up for good debate. I, I think I did enjoy sure. the others more, but I do understand why it's vital. I didn't hate and it. And the episode. And the episode is called The Lost Sister. How cool is that? It is very cool because there's going to be 11 siblings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What some a big family. Do you think Daniel Craig is going to get a little, a little thing in here? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> but, you know, also, and I love had, Daniel Craig, it, but it, he doesn't belong in it. It had What's-His-Name come back for a little bit. You know, what was his name? Um, the actor from season one, the villain, the main, the main, uh, the, the scientist. Jesus. He came back in just to speak to it, didn't oh, he? Oh, um, yeah, uh, damn it. Whatever. Oh, I can't Papa. His name. Yeah, yeah, Papa, the, Papa, the, let's call him yeah, Papa. Papa, that's the best way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, that was yeah, nice, yeah. you know, it was good to see that happen and stuff. And is it still there? But I, I just, um, I want to move on from, from Eleven. Obviously, she still has the same powers. She's got, I mean, the whole figuring out her mom's story was unbelievably done, I thought. Yeah, it was. So amazingly done. I just thought, wow, how clever are these writers, you know? And then to bring that through as well, I just thought, excellent. But, but let's move on to some of the main cast and obviously the, 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 the friends. Will's back. 
and um, they, they're dressing up as Ghostbusters. And I thought that was a hilarious moment when, you know, they turn around and obviously in the, in the, in the oh, trailer, no. in the trailer yeah. you're imagining that it's going to be a big scene because there's going to be some kind of ghost or monster or something that they're going to be shooting. But they just turn around like people getting off the bus, a school bus, not wearing <laughs> Like, <laughs> I thought it was so well done because yeah, obviously it just, it's so good, so well done. But I mean, um, what did you think, uh, Kay, of of the way these guys were? Obviously, Will had his own problems, and we've talked about him being, you know, um, kind of like a poltergeist type thing with the, uh, um, with with the the what was he called again? The the what's the monster called again? It's not that that's all right. Mind flare. Mind flare, and then. You had Mike really kind of in depression because he's not, he's, he's always trying to talk to Eleven. That was his own little thing. But then what I really loved was Dustin and Luke's, um, um, kind of chase of Max, who's a new, one of the new characters. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's hysterical. I love that what they did in season two was they removed Mike as like the, the sort of, he he's he was almost like the protagonist in a he lot of ways, over. like the main protagonist. Mm. You know, like he took over everything. They they did what he said. He was like the leader of this little uh, group and went along. And, and and that's great for getting the story going. I love that they were brave enough to just say, okay, Mike, you've got some real problems here. You know, he, he's not going to recover in this normal way. This is not like a sitcom where we reset and the next episode goes back to something that was there before you are affected by season one. You have to go off now. And what we get as a remnant of that is just this exploration of the uh, of the other characters. We didn't really get to find out that much about... Like, I think we got to see a little bit of Dustin and then like almost nothing of Will and very little of Lucas. And now we get to see them and how they are and how they are as like normal kids a lot. You know, that was, that was really good. You know, Dustin and Lucas fighting over a girl or, or you know plotting to to find ways in which they can talk to her and and all that kind of stuff just normal life and how they how these characters go about that that was that was really brilliant i loved that we even got to see a little more of will and will has started to emerge as someone who is more of a lead protagonist he's not just accepting of the story he's like a proactive pusher now and it's going to be really interesting to see how he how his character develops in the later series, because in this one, he went from just like a receptacle, essentially. He was just, you know, he, he was just there on the other side. They were just looking for him. He was just someone to sing a song around, basically. And this time, we got to see a lot more of him. He got to act in this way that was like harsh towards his mom, and he didn't know what was going on. And it was just all these conflicting things that were happening. He was in the hospital all the time. And we could see a little bit of him. And this is where they did something really cool in the introduction of these new characters. When we did the preview, uh, you might remember, like I said, I think there's going to be like this huge conspiracy theory. And that's why these characters are coming on board and doing that. Nothing like that happened at all. And what we got to do is these characters didn't just come into, into Hawking's in their own right they developed something. And you could tell, like, for example, Bob's relationship with Will was so nice. You know, I thought I would hate Bob. I thought I would really dislike this straight Bob. down the middle, Absolutely up and down guy. And by the end of, like, by the middle of his um, of his, his introduction, I was like, oh, my God, this guy is so cool. Like, could you get a cooler stand-in dad than this guy? Can you juxtapose him with the actual dad? And then I thought one of the really cool things we got from this whole thing was getting a sense of just how lonely both Eleven and Will were in this entire series. So like, especially throughout season two, they didn't have 
anyone to relate to, basically. Mm. Eleven got a little bit in his, with her sister when, you know, she went there, mm. but then she had to come back. Will's and and, and the, the time with Hopper, Will's got fucking nobody. You know, every time he turned to somebody for help, whether it was his brother, whether it was his Bob, whether it was his mom, whether it was trusted doctors or the institution in Hawkins, it didn't matter. He was let down every but, single but damn time. it was very time. important to have Mike with Will this time because he knew him the mm. best. And yeah. Mike was the one figuring all the shit out that was going out, going on with him. Yeah. At every yeah. step, you know? And so I liked that they kind of moved Mike away from 11 and moved him towards his best mate and tried to get him to help out. And that was, that, that, that type of stuff was going on. So, mm. um, but, but, um, Joey, I think Case covered that really nicely. I want to move on Did to, it? I want to move on to like Dustin and Steve because I thought that was so much fun. That was pretty cool. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a really, really. I'm not expected, and when he, even when it started out, he was. I think Dustin was going to was it Lucas's house or or Will, Mike's house. I can't remember. And then Steve was out there. Um, Steve was looking for uh, Nancy, and then Nancy was with um, Jonathan. So it was like, oh, here we go again. But you know, they're driving around in the car, and when they go, I guess like hunting for his pet, who is obviously one of the demo dogs. It's not his little Dustin's little pet anymore. The the Neg is that Negan's bat from Walking Dead, which was really yeah. awesome. Really yeah, awesome. Pulls that out of his truck. Yeah, because like, again, I don't watch the show, but I have all the graphic novels, and that's like the graphic novels. K, you have you read any of those Walking Dead graphic novels? I think I've you not. have. Oh, you no. haven't. Okay, so I won't even touch really much on that. But that was a really cool, I thought. Um, little gesture to the walking dead, which was like, Oh, it's so cool. But there, there, it was interesting. I didn't really, I know a lot of people were like, Steve's like awesome. I, I just, I don't connect really with that character. Um, I, don't I, still think, I still think he's a tool from season one. And <laughs> Same like, I, I, I get like, he's, I get, he made his, you know, his one eighty, and he's a good guy now, but I, I still, I have trouble connecting with him because he just, I, love I don't know him. if it's the I person that's such a douche, though. Dude, he's he is such a douche. Dude, a massive D bag. Like, dude, he just I, really is. I absolutely love Steve. I love him. I think he's had such a great um, turnaround. And then he's actually trying to come back to his girlfriend. And, he, and Dustin's there as well because the parents yeah. are fucking stupid. So he's got fucking roses. Stupid. And the, oh, the they're fucking idiots. They're so it's stupid, right? And like, and like, but that was so great. I thought, I thought that's Duffer Brothers got that really, really well. Like the 80s parents, the weird shit was actually the normal shit yeah, and, and the 80s. stuff. And, and, and it was juxtaposed with the absurdity of normal life. Like these parents. Oh, like they're basically drugged the whole time. Oh, like oh, might as well be. It's just nothing. The dad's made, hysterical. You know, he doesn't care about anything. He doesn't care about anything. Although I must say, I thought some of the best acting in the in the whole movie was. And you guys can knock me on this one, but uh, what was what was Max's brother's name? Billy. You know Max's brother, the, the new boy. He was fucking brilliant. Billy. Billy. I love Billy. Psycho. My sister, my, my older sister, is like head over heels in love with with Billy. Uh, the uh, the guy who plays him. I, I don't know who it is. I've never seen him it's before. From Australia. But, uh, oh, is it okay? Yeah. And um, yeah. The, the the I thought some of the nicest Jonathan's acting was with, between Philly and the uh, and the one mom. Yeah. You know, and they were having this like this like tension thing yeah, where they yeah, were like yeah. they he's were trying, he's trying to sway it. It's amazing. And I was like, because the, the, that was the first time we we actually saw a parent do something that wasn't <laughs> totally just ridiculous. You know, ridiculous. and they were sitting and sort of flirting with each other. I'm like, oh my god, this is so sort of. 
weird and disgusting, but I you know it's it's um, I can't not watch it. <laughs> I just thought, I just thought that I just thought Billy became Steve. Steve became yeah. Jonathan. You, you know, they had a bit yeah. of a role reversal. Basically, and yeah. and I just I just love Steve because he he was willing. They showed a lot of bravery and stuff like that in this. Even though he's a total d bag, he showed so much bravery, and he didn't have to do any of that for for Dustin or you know all the kids or whatever. But because he's a big part of it and he understands what's going on, he was he was willing to go at it with these fucking demodogs, man. Like what the hell, like crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, he, I, yeah. He definitely stuck up. And he and he did the same in season one when he went in and went against the Demogorgon and he was giving it licks, yeah. you know, with 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 the, with, the, with the Negan bat. So I actually really like him. I do feel a little bit sorry for him that she's dumped him. She, you know, she got drunk his girlfriend Nancy and she's saying some stupid shit to him. And then he's getting owned by Billy on the on the basketball court. He was alpha was male awesome. becomes beta yeah, male, great. right? So that was so great. Exactly. So you know, there's <laughs> and and Billy, they made a a, a human villain again yeah. within the show. Yep done so well you hated this guy's guts maybe even gave him a bit of a racist element as well with luke you know that little thing that you know don't, don't hang out with him yeah yeah, yeah. why yeah. couldn't you hang out with him he's just he's a kid in his you know yeah but it kind of they didn't do it they didn't say it but they gave no, you they, the, they gave you the feeling that because he was not the same as her or him he didn't want her to be with him and i thought it was done very well without crossing the line or doing anything. Do you get what I mean? I thought it was very clever. Yeah, they and, they do what very good storytellers do. Leave it up to your interpretation. Yeah, that's and may, what, many people might not even see it the way I see it, but because I am uh, from an ethnic minority, I did see it that way. And I don't yeah. know if Kay, I don't know if you agree with that, dude. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I thought they, but I agree with you guys. I thought they made Bully's character. He was over the top. He was an over <laughs> top, over the top sort of stereotype character. He's got a fucking Trans Am. Oh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that's that's it. He unbuttons his shirt right because there. everybody knows the amount of buttons you unbutton on your shirt is directly proportional to how sexy women find you. And you know that that sort of thing. He looked greasy all the time. Yeah. Um, it was just great. And uh, the only thing I didn't like about his character was in the end when Max uses the bat sort of um, on him. Sort of, I thought that was too quick. It, it, it's almost like they they took too long in making his character and. When it came to the the closure of his character around season two, when he had to stop, sort of, we had to, he had to stop bullying Max. He had to stop getting in her way and stop being this shithead of season two. That uh, whole thing I thought was a little bit rushed, but um, I really enjoyed his character in there. I thought he gave Steve something to do. You know, mm. he got to be the bully now, and Steve got to be something else. Yeah, and actually. Part of that whole thing was Jonathan sort of irritating me a little bit, but um, yeah, we'll get, I, to, we'll get I, to Jonathan Nancy because yeah. it'll be very short what we do with them, but they they are vital yeah. to the story as it goes on. But um, Joey, I, I just want to talk about my, about my favorite character, and I ask you both what your favorites are still. But Dustin, I I love this kid, and uh, he's yeah, now got awesome. teeth. He's now got teeth, and he's now doing this <laughs> Chewbacca like growl every two seconds, which is so cute as well. But I just. I I don't know whether you agree. I just thought that, that he was like a core of the show this time, and him getting that link with the demagogue and being a pet, as we've already covered. I thought I thought Dustin got to really show a lot more uh, in this season than than many of the other characters. I thought. Yeah, Dustin has that like that face that just kind of draws you to him, like the smile that makes you laugh and makes you feel good inside. So his character is is really cool. He's not my favorite character. He was my favorite character, but 
Chief Hopper is such a good actor. He is good. Um, He's amazing. David Harbour, I guess. I, I just, I, I find his character awesome. And Eleven, I just, it's, and Eleven reminds me X-Men. so much of, that's, yeah, it's Jean Grey. I mean, that's, that's what it is. So yeah. naturally it's going to be, yeah. you know, it's not Jean Grey dead on, but it's, that's what it, that's what she reminds me of. And I like when characters have to go through struggle to realize what they are. Yeah. Um, it gives the character more in depth and, I like, I love Dustin from an angle that, oh, he's cute, he's adorable, he, he's actually a really good actor. But he's also rejected, dude. He's also rejected. Yeah, and, and, he, and, and, and anybody can Nancy, relate to that. Yeah, Nancy that's helps so him at the end, doesn't she? Oh, yeah, she makes him look really cool. So cute. She makes him look like the cool kid. Exactly. Yeah, makes him look like the cool kid by dance with him. And I can relate to that. Any, any guy can relate to that. Any guy's ever been rejected. And if you say you have it, you're a liar. Exactly. So. We have all been rejected <laughs> by many yeah. people. But you know oh, what? Sure. I thought Dustin was great. So thanks for that, Joey. But I'm going to switch quickly to Bob with Kay because I know we don't have much time. So I'm going to keep switching in and back and forth so we can get so much th- through everything. Um, Bob, for me, uh, Kay, probably one of the, my favorite additions to the show. Unfortunately, also removed from the show. Uh, his, his, <laughs> his, his death actually hurt and it's very rare that you have a character come in for a small role but then when he dies you actually give a shit and i thought i was gutted i was gutted that he was eaten up and i uh, i don't know how you felt but i thought bob if you if you're a wrestling fan guys in the 80s um bobby the brain heenan was a big mastermind schemer as a wrestling manager and they actually called him bob the brain and for me Mm -hmm. that was another link to my childhood where i had this weasel of a manager bob wasn't a weasel but bob was very clever and how he k solved the mystery of the 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 underground stuff was was brilliant another so well written part of the show and it made him integral to 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 finding that out and helping and becoming a part of the secrecy i i also thought it was kind of you know how the duffer brothers looked at sort of like joey was saying D &D and comic books and x files and loving that sort of stuff it wasn't very popular always at the time you know you you sort of the cool kids were the ones playing sports. And if you didn't do that, then you sort of, you weren't the cool kid. And Bob, this, you know, he never, he doesn't feel like one of those people who is especially good at sports. I don't know if he was or not, but here you have this guy who's traditionally just. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Honest to a fault, right? <laughs> He's just sweet and nice and honest. And you think, why do we need this character? Why do we need him? What? He's just going to screw everything up. And the way he plays off, especially Will's mom, is so great. Like it's it's so like like I said, I never thought that I would like Bob. I never thought that he'd play any decent role in this thing. If he died when I first saw him in the first couple of episodes, I'd be like, good, that's why he's here. He's fodder. Good, he should die. <laughs> and um, and he got in like the moments he shared with Will, being a dad, figuring stuff out that was important to the plot. You know, just just being a good person and being clever and being heartfelt. To get that character, to get the audience to love that kind of character was a, a feat of writing genius. We don't have many of those. I mean, just think around now, guys. How many people like that exist in popular shows? And there are practically none. Who's a good guy that's clever and that you love it, you don't want to die? So when he was done at the end, I was like, I, I, I was, it was shocking because he had been through so much <laughs> in that fucking facility to actually get through. You know, I, I, and when he died at the end, I was genuinely shocked and I was genuinely sad. And I did not think I would do that by the time we had that. But he, he does something else that was really good. Like one of my favorite characters was, uh, was Will's mom, just because she was so uncomfortable with this unconditional love that he was giving her. And she was much more comfortable when Will was, you know, when everything was falling down around her, when Will was in hospital, when she didn't know what to do, because he's used to trauma. She's used to trauma. She, that's where she lives, and she's she's good at dealing with trauma. She's not good at dealing with the stuff where she has to to deal with the small stuff and love somebody and build that relationship. So that was, I thought, really important in bringing out a lot of different characters. He was absolutely critical to season two. And what what about your thoughts on Bob, dude? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, Kay kind of laid it all out. The only thing I'll add to it is that uh, you've been talking about eighties the whole time, and you brought up the Goonies, and he was Mikey in the Goonies. You know, mm. so Sean Astin was Mikey in the Goonies. That was another throwback. But, you know, the brothers said they were going to do this. That that was their focus. They focused on Mad Max, which is why Max's name is Max. The first episode is Mad Max. You know, if that's if that's your thing and that's what you like. And this show is just it's amazing. It's amazing how they can fit all that in while, 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 while telling a story. It's it's very hard to do. And Joey, sticking with you, uh, I thought we know a writer in this one. I thought she was, I didn't see any much growth in the character in this one. I just thought it was exactly the same portrayal kind of thing. She was still freaking out most of the time. I know she had a partner in this one, but, you know, I don't, I don't know. I didn't think she got the depth. I don't don't think she got that growth that the other characters got. Would you, would that be fair or no? I think that's, no, I think that's fair to say. Joyce is kind of, I think that's just kind of what she's pigeonholed into. She, I mean, her son is basically, she loses him for a long period of time then gets him back, and he's clearly not right, and she knows it. But she doesn't know what's wrong with him. So you can imagine. Just imagine all the time the anxiety and the unknown you're living with. That's really hard for a parent. 
So especially a parent who mm. doesn't have a husband, who's a, a piece of garbage, as we've seen in season one, and has a caring boyfriend and Bob, and then he dies. You know what I mean? So it's how how else would you really be? You know what I mean? You'd be basically how you were in the first one, worried, tired. I mean, she just looks run down all the time because she's always worried about her children, especially her little boy. Yeah, and I want to stick with you because uh, we just heard Kay there a few minutes ago explaining a few things about Bob and stuff, his love for Bob. I want you to sh to share your love about Hopper because we can't really go away from this episode without talking about one of the lead guys in the entire show and he got into some shit in this one. So, yes, he did. Come on then, give it. Just roll on exactly why you have now made this guy your favorite character. I just he's my favorite just from the very beginning of season two. I loved him in season one. I thought he was really cool. Um, you know, again, he's a guy with a a story that I can. I can relate to not the death of a child. That's a horrific thing, but losing somebody that's very close to you and that, that sadness that it just attacks you and never lets go. And then he, in the second series, we, you know, second season, excuse me, we see that he's basically been sheltering 11 and 11 understands why, but then just gets frustrated by it. That's, it's so hard. And the guy's still doing his job. You know, he's still the chief of police and, you see at the end, he, he's basically, doesn't he save these guys? You know what I mean? He's stuck down in there and you think he's dead. And that would have been the worst thing ever if he would have died down there. And I, I don't know. I just think he's, his acting is great. Uh, not to get too much into that, but I think his character shows, he shows out the most to me. I look at all, looking at all of them right now on an iPad and I'm like, they were all really good. Every, nobody is casted bad. Paul Reiser was a great addition as Dr. Owens, but. Chief Hopper is just, I think, the soul of this show to me. Wow. Wow. I do love him, to be fair. And um, like we said earlier, the, the 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 dynamic with Eleven is huge and it's going to be huge. And obviously, um, talking about that, Kay, the big, big scene is when she comes back into their lives. And it was kind of like a return, like a, like a, a savior, like a rocky moment. You know, when he comes back and it's like mm. time to beat someone up. She comes back and levels the playing field type of thing. And I, I just loved it when she walks in. And like Mike, obviously, um, is not my favorite character, but it was nice to see him like kind of melt, <laughs> you know, you know? <laughs> when he walks in. What, what did you think of the whole of that? How they built to that in the end? No, that was, that was really cool. It, it, uh, like how they pulled Eleven away from everybody, I thought was an important plot device because Eleven is the out. She's almost like, um, like a Jean Grey, such a big weapon that if she's just left with you, you get tempted to solve all your problems by using her. So they did, I thought, something, again, that was quite brave. They took her away from everybody, let everybody develop and do something and and, and, and try to figure out some solutions to, to some of the stories. And it was just, it was so big. I mean, I thought the big moment was, you know, when Steve was outside and he's going he's gonna to bash in the demi-dog and suddenly there's two demi-dogs and you're like, holy shit, where did that come from? You know, like, what's going on? How many of them are there? And that that unleveled the playing field to such an extent that you're thinking, oh my, the, you, you, these, these people are dead. Like, if they take over the institution, like, this town is dead. Like, is the world, you know, is the world in jeopardy now? But that, from there, right till to the end, was just, it was just like an opera. It was just like a cinematic opera of of how you put together. And when you have somebody like Eleven, and you want to use her like that, it's not so much like you can't use it in the intimate moments now, you know, which, which is great. You need to have a big show. 
a, a really huge thing, and that's what they did. And that final scene at the end, I thought was just the correct amount of going way over the top, doing something huge and massive, and just a huge uh, swing of the bat, you know, from from a storytelling perspective, and get her to do that. I was literally watching that whole thing, like from the time she appeared, my my jaw just like I was like, "Wow, yes, it's happening, it's coming!" Here. And then you know, all the time she was dealing with the with the protagonist from the upside down, literally my mouth was on the floor, my jaw was on the floor because it was just such a huge, such a big and well done bit of the story. Yeah, Joey, what do you think? I mean, the build was brilliant because obviously you've kept him apart the whole season, and then when you yeah. bring 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 the team together. It's kind of like a reunion because obviously they kept Dustin away as well. They kept Luke they away did. as well. So they all, that's why, that's why it was a great season because a lot of people complained that they, they wanted the kids together. But the whole point is for you to cherish when they do finally get together. You know, exactly. the, the whole point is there's a build to these things. There's a, there's a way that these things are written to give them all enough rub and growth so that when they finally get together, they're even better. Surely. Yeah, it's not like it's not like a Stand By Me type movie. You know what I mean? Like they're mm, not always mm. together, and which is a great movie in itself. But like the Eleven and Mike dancing, like when he's she he asked her to dance, and she's like, I don't know how, and he's like, I don't know how either. Let's just figure it out. And I thought that was a great scene, and it was a perfect ending, and they end up kissing. Which again, nobody can ever say no. Sh- nobody, you just can't say you've never been through that in your life. You have. I mean, that's. I don't know how you guys are in South Africa and I don't know how it is in England, but in America, that's, we went through those kind of dances, the winter balls, the soft hops, the freshman dances, the senior dances. And that's, it was great. And the, you know, the, the music was on point with love is a battlefield and time after time, every breath you take like that, that was the perfect music for that time. It was just amazing. And the, the scene with, uh, to go back to Dustin when he's using the Farrah Fawcett hairspray, that's yeah. just, just freaking hysterical. Like, again, I don't really like Steve, but that scene was brilliant. It's just like he has his hair all teased up, and it's like, it's just, mm. it's so 80s, and it's, you know, it's just a perfect ending, I thought, to the show. Yeah, it was, and um, there was one other thing. I mean, oh, yeah, the, the kiss, the kiss. Apparently, just before he goes in, he goes, um, <laughs> he goes, I'm going in. He, he, he breathes it under his... Um, under his under his breath just just because oh, they didn't want multiple shoots so if you go watch it back you can see and on the other hand um the other two what was it max and luke they had to shoot it like 20 times apparently because they just kept missing the cue they kept missing the, the <laughs> angle of the shot the cameraman kept missing it because uh. it's a moving camera so yeah just a little bit of insight in the background is hilarious but he was very clever he was very, very clever in how he did it. He said, I'm coming in, and it, they did it in the second go. Their kiss was done, and, and, and off it went. But finally, um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Is there any character we've missed or any plot line we've missed? Oh, we always save the worst for last, Nancy and Jonathan. Um, what did you guys think of the new character in terms of that private in- investigator <laughs> or that investigator? Uh, Joey, what did you think of him? Uh, I, I thought he was cool. I thought that that's funny. his final... He was funny, and like you know, he's a conspiracy theorist. And then they, when they meet him at his wherever the hell he's living at that strange ass building he's living in, <laughs> they just they basically just tell him everything, and he's like blown away by it. And then they're they're sharing what was it vodka? I think it was with him, and they're like sixteen year old kids, whatever they are, or seventeen, 
it's hysterical. But yeah, I thought he was a good kid. Again, I didn't think anybody they added um, ruined the show. I thought they had nothing. Again, Paul Reiser as the doctor. I thought everybody who was in there added, and his character was good. I mean, that that final scene was more of a standout for me than anything that he had with um, Jonathan and um, Nancy. But yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. I don't. I just it was good, but it wasn't anything that was to really talk too much about. I didn't think. No. There wasn't much, but, um, well, yeah, they, they just had a plot line that was important in terms of figuring out what, well, and how they covered it was, was clever as well in the end, wasn't it? Okay. With all that whole storyline, how they, how they bring it out. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. To get um, the, to get the, to, uh, to the water plant. it down. Yeah. Yeah. To get it closed <laughs> to off. Water it down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was a nice bit of story writing and it was a nice character introduction. It was a nice progression of the relationship between those two. Um, because, I, I, no, I wonder. I mean, that, that's also a nice bit of foreshadowing. We know that that's probably going to affect things more in the in, in the next series, which is, uh, I think it's um, it's been tabled, right? It's being successfully adopted, season three. Yeah, but it's not gonna. Um, it's just, I think, like yes, yesterday they said it's not gonna be till two thousand nineteen. Now, wow, it's because of this. Oh, it'll wow. be because of the uh, CGI stuff. Because Probably. You know, they have, yeah. they have, they're going to keep growing and growing and growing. I hope it's not 2019. I do hope they get it for the end of next year, but maybe it'll be at the start of 2019. Who, who knows? But, um, anything else you guys want to cover before we go? Um, I thought they finished the show really well because it's obviously they showed that it's not gone away. It's still there, you know? Yeah. I had a couple, I had a couple of go things. Um, quickly. Something, before, a couple of things I like. So like go. 80%. Yeah. I liked, I liked 80% of this and 20% I didn't like. So like the 20% was, I didn't understand why there were so many demogorgons if Will had to cough up the slugs. Um, I thought they should have showed that and like, where do they come from and how does that do? I'm still not understanding the role of the institution and they obviously are a well-resourced organization. And I'm not sure why the operation is so small and tiny considering the threat that's been posed um, by the rip in space time. And, um, the other thing is, like, I didn't. I, what one thing I didn't like about the roles of Eleven and Max is that the only advanced sort of social um, thing that Eleven has is feeling unhappy and jealous at the only other girl in the story. Like, I, I didn't like that. That was like the only sophisticated emotion that she actually had. Everything else was like simple. This was the only thing she picked up from a, a TV watching. So I didn't like that. Um, I thought but, that was um, I thought that was normal for a girl that's not that's developed. That's what I thought too. Like, like yeah, like so how, there's, so there, I mean, there's sees... literally nothing else that's developed in, in, to that degree. No, but like, she, well, she, 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 she like, she's had no human interaction, dude, apart from one guy that's a so, dad-like figure. So where did yeah. where did she get the jealousy from? Well, because the I think that's a natural teenage thing, though, isn't it? The one boy that you liked and who clearly liked you, Is you haven't seen him. And remember, sure, sure. She, but then, remember uh, like she tells you, actually, that's that's cultural though. That's part of you learn that you learn that you can be jealous and no, stuff like that. No, I mean, no, no, no. Literally, no, this was the no. only developed Dude. emotional thing Dude, that she had. I don't think it's development at all. I think it's natural. I think you jealousy is one of the things where even babies get jealous. So you telling me a baby has learned how to get jealous because it's it's no no. The it's mom not just is emotion. picking up another she kid. It as well. She acts as well. She acts antagonistically towards Max. She's not even met. But, but that's natural. But right? do you remember? Do you remember? No, when I don't she, think so. Uh, no, I, I hear. I think you guys both actually have points. And Kay and I could probably have this conversation for sixteen hours and then want to strangle each other because we'd never agree on it. Um, <laughs> but the one thing that I would say more to Gags is that remember when 
He's talking into that radio, and she says, I could hear you all that time. So he is clearly, she's getting that, like, hey, he still has feelings for me. He's still there for me. I just can't see him because she, I'm she being She tells him the number of protected. days? She tells him exactly. how many days in a row? So, so she has feelings for him, and then when she sees him with that other girl, and he's just being innocent with Max, I think naturally your brain is like, oh, my God, you're taking what I think is mine. Like, that's my man. And Kay, I get what you're saying. I I I, I do understand it, and then I think that's for a, a different, whole different pod. Yeah, and it, it is. It was. It was. Uh, I'm gonna again uh, reiterate. It was one of the very like small things I didn't like about season yeah, two. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I just think that if you're going to put the the whole set into their high school kids. That's how high school kids act. And I know you're saying, yeah, well, it's just that it's just that like that, Lucas. But... Lucas didn't like her in season one. Why didn't she act antagonistically towards him to the same degree? You know what I'm saying? It's like that. But but the minute a but girl, that's not comes, jealousy though. But I know what you're saying. It's a different emotion. It's a different, completely emotion. But that wasn't a jealousy thing. Like, no, she but didn't there want... was a jealousy thing from Lucas's part. Lucas part. Yeah. Luke's part. I no, I understand. Yeah, he didn't want her in the group. Yeah. I get that. But yeah. they they kind of did that with Ma- Max in the second one though too, didn't they? Yeah, they kind of, they took her on without saying anything to Will or Mike. She was like, "Oh, she's in the group." No, but uh, Mike wasn't. No, but Mike didn't want her. He was. That's straight. what I'm saying. Yeah, he was mad about it. So yeah, I don't. Know. And that was I the mean, other it's... thing. That was the other thing. Um, I, like I know. Sorry, I know these things are taking up too much time. There was the other thing. Max and Eleven are both people that relate to the boys on their own terms. Sort of. They're both. They're both like magical things. You know, instead of being girls, you know, who are, who are interested in normal girly things and and it, it it might have been interesting to write somebody not like nancy uh, as such but like somebody who is a little more antagonistic within you know in terms of this your world is not always just the norm that we're treating it as and to bring a little bit of of uh, of of sort of the absurdity of the normal into into their group but uh yeah no i, I don't want to take up too much time and again it was well, the, the other thing just to, to throw retort to that is that m- most generally all the time females are much more emotionally mature than males are at that age. And that could be another way of them showing she has a lot to learn because maybe a girl at her age who saw that would be like, okay, well he doesn't like me anymore. And you get mad to yourself, but you wouldn't do what she wanted to do. Um, You know, she was taken to a different stage. And again, most of the time girls at that age are more emotionally mature than males are without getting into the psychology of it. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's well documented and known, uh, to be yeah, honest. No question. Yeah, it is. It's not, there's no, you can't really, you can, there's facts on that. So. Okay. Joey, uh, Kay has had his final thoughts. Now I know you're in a rush and we're going to wrap this up, but have you got any final thoughts on this? We will do a preview nearer the time when it's coming out for season three. And this is our team now. But, um, have you got any other thoughts on this show that you haven't covered off that you would like to, t- you know, talk about or cover? Um, I don't think so. I, I do think some of the things that Kay said do have validity to them. And the way that I would answer it is that I, I guess it's, I agree with you, Kay, but I don't think that they want them answered too soon because th- they do have a timeline for this show, which we talked about in our preview. I believe it mm-hmm. was five seasons. So they will, I, I mean, you'd have to delve more into that stuff, I would imagine. So I do think Kay's concerns, other than the last one, which I, I don't like, but him and I'll talk about that another time. But the other ones are very valid. Um, but the general show, I, I again, I've said when we first started this pod, I like this better than season one. I like the story better. I like the added characters. Um, 
even though I don't like Steve, I thought his 180 was cool. I get that why you like that gags, but no, I just thought this season was better than season one, and and I'm struggling to find think in my head another show that actually did that. Mm. Me too. I absolutely uh, loved it. Uh, I, I've you know label put put the reasons down throughout the show in different uh discussions in in terms of why i really liked it i thought it was very very well written very cleverly done um very well directed as well they had um they they just did everything perfect perfectly right and i just uh i wasn't disappointed in the slightest especially with my favorite character who who grew and um and I think is going to go into even better things in in season three, which I think they all will. Uh, I think the only one was probably Jonathan, who who got a love interest out of it, but didn't really do much else. <laughs> <laughs> Some would call else. that a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but the funny thing is, though, Steve loses a girlfriend but gets a better role. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Jonathan gains the woman and like kind of. Uh... Oh, the KFC scene, by the way, people. Just before you go, I absolutely loved the KFC finger licking good bit. You know, when he bites into the chicken, it made me want KFC. That's how well it was done. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there before we leave. But okay, guys, thank you so much, Joey and Kay. Uh, anything to plug, Kay, before you go? No, not really. I've got a face off coming off after the Mersey Derby. So, uh, so yeah, have a look off for that. Okay, brilliant. And uh, as long as that damn thing goes ahead. Um, Joey, anything you want to plug, mate? Uh, just NBA holes. Dave Hendrick and I do an NBA show. Uh, I'm not sure when we're going to do the next one because Dave is uh, moving back to Ireland. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But um, we have about 18 done. Unfortunately, the last one recorded, I think it didn't record properly. So Stuff we lost happened. it. Yeah. So, yeah. So unfortunately, I think it was recorded on the wrong setting okay. is my understanding of it. So I don't think that's something that can be fixed. But we have, I think, 17 done. So if you're into basketball give a listen brilliant and i've just recorded and released the star wars podcast uh previewing the 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 last jedi with joe simpson and andy wales go and check that out because i think uh, a couple of little theories in there that i threw in there that maybe you two might like and want to debate with me about uh but yeah we can have a chat about that on twitter after you listen to that show uh and um the other thing is if you're a Liverpool fan and you're listening to this, because I know many that are not Liverpool fans do listen to this show as well, uh, we have now AI Pro. I'm sure you've seen me tweet about it and retweet about it and ask people like my friends here to retweet about it. But yeah, go and check out AI Pro, anfieldindex.com forward slash join. It's our subscriber content, Jan Mulby, Peter Beersley, Paul Dogleash, the Under Pressure podcast, which is getting better and better. And, um, oh my God, I've just collected some more unbelievable stats for Dan Kennett and the boys to analyze. And, uh, there's so much more tech, you know, there's, there's Media Matters, which is an unreal show as well. Uh, Euro Incision, a personal favorite of mine that Nina's doing with, with really highbrow journalists like Marcotti. Um, Graham Hunter was on and also Jonathan Hardin. Some real good insight from the the best, the best in the business. Go and check out anfieldindex.com forward slash join. You get a free week as well. So if you don't like it, you don't have to join. You can cancel the subscription. Check out everything we're doing on there. Uh, monthly interviews with legends. We're trying to get one sorted for this month as well before Christmas. Something special for you there. And um, it's four ninety nine a month and forty nine ninety nine a year. But remember, that only kicks in after the weeks very similar to netflix wouldn't you say uh but anyway uh yeah i wonder where we got that from <laughs> that idea <laughs> but, but yeah you get inspired by 
other people and other uh, businesses and that's exactly how you grow i just want to say thank you to joe joey connors and uh kaylin uh because this is uh, a magnificent show that we do together and i'm looking forward to the second season of the oa so we can discuss that when the second season's out too which will be our probably next um you know get together on on the box nice cannot wait for that yeah cannot yeah, wait it was great a show one. great show and uh also maybe maybe after the mind hunter as well but uh okay oh you need to watch but sorry real quick you need to watch that um punisher was awesome and yeah godless is awesome really awesome oh well if you say it's awesome it's going to be awesome so i'm going to watch godless as well uh punisher is on next on my list so i'm going to get to that obviously my time has been um just getting less and less with AI Pro, but I promise to get there. And uh, we will go back to the normal way of doing things in terms of non-spoiler and stuff, but we just didn't have time. I knew if we wasted 15 minutes, we'd uh, we'd not get to cover everything that we wanted to. So we have done it. Thank you guys again. We'll be back with the next On The Box very, very soon. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi. I'm- I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.